Monday edition. Welcome in. Hope everybody had a great Easter weekend. We've got a big show planned for you today. Jesse Crittenden will join us uh, during the second hour. Uh, talking Sooner football, probably mix in some Sooner softball as well. That'll be at 135. We've got a lot of things happening. The Thunder's in the playoffs. Sooners have a new commitment. John Rahm wins at Augusta. OU softball keeps rolling. The Sooner baseball team keeps struggling. Uh, we'll get into all of that. More uh, transfer portal uh, situations involving uh, Big 12 basketball teams. The Cowboys have lost now. <laughs> Musa Cisse, Caleb Boone, and Avery Anderson. And, of course, the Sooners with Jalen Hill, Jacob Grove, C.J. Nolan, Joe Bamensil, B. John Cortez, Benny Schroeder, Grant Sherfield. That's a lot. And L.J. Cryer is going to play for Kelvin Sampson at Houston, leaving uh, Baylor for Houston. So uh, we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. But clearly the lead is what we were expecting on Saturday, Parker Thune. And that was Michael Hawkins becoming the second commitment of the Sooners class. And it did go down Saturday. It is finished on two fronts. This is Easter weekend, Steely. Jesus Christ has defeated sin, death, and hell. And the Sooners have defeated TCU to secure the commitment of four-star 2024 quarterback Michael Hawkins. And if you haven't got the chance to read the feature story that I did on Michael over at OUinsider.com, would definitely recommend that. Um, it's about 3,200 words. Shock full of quotes, background, insight from both Michael and his father, Mike Sr., on everything that led up to his commitment to Oklahoma and what brought him to where he is today. And I think the coolest thing amidst a story that's, like I said, chock full of cool quotes, Steely, I think the coolest thing that I heard from either Michael or his dad was when Mike Sr. told me, when Michael got the camp invite to come up to Oklahoma last summer, he already had the Alabama offer, he had already had the Arkansas offer, he already had a Michigan offer. And so I told Michael... Look, we've been up to OU several times. They haven't offered you. If you don't want to go up there, you don't have to go up there. And Michael continued to say, no, Dad, I want to go throw. I want to go earn this offer. i got to go. Let's go up to Norman. Lo and behold, he gets up there, turns in what his dad told me was, in his opinion, the best workout of his life in front of Jeff Levy, gets the offer, and here we are just a little over eight months later, and he is the Sooners quarterback of the future in the 2024 class. There you go. Joining uh, Jeremiah Newcomb in the 2024 class as the second commitment for Oklahoma in this class. Let's hear what Michael Hawkins had to say. What separated the Sooners from the pack? Well, let's find out. Let's see what uh, Michael Hawkins had to say about uh, why the decision for Oklahoma. Technical difficulties. Okay, here we go. The culture there is really good. Since Coach Venables got there, he's really changed the program around. I know they didn't have the season they wanted last year, but the culture there is really big. And then it's like a family there. Like the, like the um, coaches are really like close with the players, so I really like that. There you go. So uh, the Sooners, again, appear to be well set for uh, the next several seasons with their quarterbacks. <laughs> if these guys pan out, you get Jackson Arnold a five-star, then you turn around – uh, you know, it's interesting. They got a commitment for the 2025 class from Kevin Sperry before they got Michael Hawkins, of course, on Saturday. But, uh, you know, it appears that Oklahoma's well set for the future at quarterback if these guys pan out. And based on what we're hearing from Jackson Arnold, he is more than panning out so far. Well, and part of the benefit of landing an elite quarterback in three consecutive classes, Steely, is that you don't necessarily need all of those guys to pan out. 
right? You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket with these guys. You don't have to put all your eggs in the Jackson Arnold basket or the Michael Hawkins basket or the Kevin Sperry basket because I don't think any of these guys are going to suck at the next level. But if they do, guess what? There's another one to pick up the slack. No doubt. And uh, again, the news was expected, but still celebrated by Sooner fans with Michael Hawkins committing over the weekend. And the uh, soundbite from Michael Hawkins, our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right, so... Whenever you get a quarterback in the class, that's a big deal. You expect others to follow, especially, uh, you know, uh, skilled players and maybe some offensive linemen. So what does this mean for Bryant Wesco? What does this mean for Zion Kearney? I see that uh, Steve Wilfong, crystal ball, Devon Mitchell to Oklahoma as well. You know, and you, you did that a while back, and now the national guy is saying the same thing. Like I said, your percentage is a little higher. You may have less crystal balls out there, but your percentage is pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So what does it mean for guys like that? Let's start with the receivers. Uh, Wesco, Kearney, Mitchell, guys like that. Uh, what are you thinking now for Oklahoma with Michael Hawkins in the fold for those guys? Look, getting Hawkins on board really, really enhances your odds of signing an elite wide receiver class in 2024, and it certainly boosts your odds of adding Devon Mitchell once his reclassification process is complete. Right now, he's class of 2025. He's working on reclassification. The expectation is that by next month, he's going to be able to officially call himself a class of 2024 recruit. And he is Oklahoma's top target and really only target at that tight end position. He's... Let me put it this way. And you saw the crystal ball last night from Steve Wolfong, again, the 24-7 sports director of recruiting he's going to be hard-pressed not to follow his good buddy Michael Hawkins to Oklahoma. So, yes, Hawkins is an outstanding addition in his own right, but he mentioned Bryant Wesco specifically as one guy that he is looking to bring along with him and that he's going to be very active in peer recruiting. Obviously, it goes without saying that he's going to work hard to get Devon Mitchell on board with him at Oklahoma. And Honestly, he's not even going to have to work that hard because I don't figure it's going to be that difficult of a process. So I think Mitchell and Wesco, to me, are the two highest-profile guys that very well could have ended up at Oklahoma anyway were it not for Hawkins' commitment. But getting him locked in really, really helps with those two who are both going to be top 100 players in the 2024 class, and Wesco already has that five-star designation. And uh, Mitchell's a five-star tight end. Yes, which in is, the 2025 class, right. he probably won't be a five-star once he reclassifies naturally, but I would expect he'll still be one of the top five tight ends in the cycle. There you go. All right, I interrupted you. What were you about to say? No, I was going to get to this text from the 918 because I think something I said might have been misconstrued. Parker, about a month ago, you said Lebby somewhat botched the recruitment, and how did he do so, if you can explain? No, about a month ago, I said TCU botched the recruitment, and they uh, made a couple missteps in their pursuit of Hawkins, as many will recall because we've talked about it a lot. This was, in essence— a battle between two brothers-in-law, Jeff Lebby and Kendall Bryles, for Michael Hawkins' commitment. And Bryles was previously recruiting Hawkins to Arkansas. He took the TCU job, and then it became an OU-TCU battle as opposed to an OU-Arkansas battle. And I, I don't want to elaborate a ton 
on what went on behind the scenes between Hawkins and TCU that uh, – and look, I think Hawkins was going to end up at Oklahoma anyway. But there, there were some things that went down that I, I, I would say circa late January, early February – uh, now maybe early to mid-February, now that I think back on it. Throughout the month of February, pretty immediately after Browse got there, TCU launched a full-court press to try and get Hawkins on board. But there were a couple things they did, a couple buttons they pushed that probably were not the wisest buttons to push, as it were. So that Anti- helped solidify an- Oklahoma's Anti-culture buttons, would you say? Anti-culture buttons. I Sure, I guess. In a sense. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's good for Oklahoma. And as you said, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, inevitably, uh, you know, Michael Hawkins would end up a sooner. But it's good to see that commitment go down again on Saturday. All right. uh, So that's two. Who do you think is the next? Who will be the third commitment for Oklahoma if you had to guess right now? The third commitment in the class of 2024. By the way, let me follow up quickly on this text from the 918 who said, uh, same listener that said, Park, about a month ago, you said Levy somewhat botched the recruitment. He followed up and said, I thought you said Levy did too because I thought I remembered you mentioning Levy apologizing to the family. My bad. Uh, it's all good, 918 listener. I think what you're referring to is Levy apologized to the family that it took so long for them to offer Michael because Levy wanted to see the kid in person. And ultimately the Hawkins family respected the fact that Levy wanted to see him with his own two eyes and wanted him to work out at Oklahoma before he gave him the offer. Cause Michael certainly felt like he earned it. The Hawkins felt like he earned it. And in the end, although they were later to the party than schools like Michigan and Alabama and Arkansas and Virginia tech, it didn't end up mattering because, uh, I think what the Hawkins saw in the way that Levy handled the recruitment was they saw a guy who didn't care what everybody else thought. Uh, He trusted his evaluation of a player, and that was the only thing that mattered to him. So as far as the next commit in the 2024 class, I I get the sense there's going to be somebody that pops at the spring game. I don't know who, but it feels like there are enough guys that are getting down – close to this point in the process where they're ready to make a decision that a visit to the spring game could be what tips the scales. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Casey Poe. I think he's a guy that has taken a lot of visits, uh, just spent a couple weeks out East visiting places like Georgia, Georgia tech, Clemson, et cetera. But Oklahoma has remained the front runner for him throughout it all. I can see that kid just given that he's already been all around and gotten a sense of the fit at all of the schools that are pursuing him. I I would not be shocked if a guy like Casey Poe were to just decide to shut it down and commit to Oklahoma at the spring game. So over under on commits the spring game. I know Tyler will probably ask that at locked in. I'll set it at 0.5 because you have to be conservative this early in the process still. But I, I do get the sense that even if it isn't him, the spring game yields a commit at some point. There you go. Casey Poe, the offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas. 
uh, is who Parker's talking about. All right, 405-651-3439. That is our text line. Texts are rolling in. Uh, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, bringing you hour number one right here on Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network. When you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your air conditioning system, give Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Ki- uh, Comfort Systems, a call. That number, 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. We have our first Boomer Doomer. Boomer Doomer, Boomer Doomer on the text line. We'll tell you about it when we get back. It's the Boomer Doomer theme music, Steely. Yes, the Doomers are out. Remember last year when all we heard was three-star U for how long? Months. And where did OU end up nationally in the recruiting rankings? And where did a lot of those three stars end up? (laughs) Four stars, and the Sooners were fourth in recruiting. Best class they've had in years and years and years. But people don't have any patience. That's the society we live in today, right? They want their five stars to be five stars right now. They want their recruiting class to be put together in weeks. Doesn't happen that way. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Lots to talk about today, mainly Sooner football. Of course, uh, always, that's number one on our list. But We have the Thunder in the playoffs playing at the Pelicans on Wednesday. John Rahm wins at Augusta. Phil Mickelson, a round of 65 on Sunday. How about that? Uh, Pretty impressive. We'll get into some of that a little bit later. Sooner softball just keeps on rolling. They uh, went all three against Texas Tech Thursday, Friday, Saturday, outscoring the Red Raiders 16-zip. They play at LSU tomorrow night. Sooner baseball dropped two of three over the weekend. And, uh, again, in Waco, they will be uh, hosting Wichita State tomorrow night at 6.30. And this weekend, they will host Texas Tech Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that is your Sooner Sports Weekly update in terms of your calendar. Of course, the uh, women's gymnastics team and the men's gymnastics teams uh, in the NCAA regionals coming up as well. The Sooner Weekly Update is always brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Call them at 405-329-1940. All right, let's get some texts in. 405-651-3439. So the Doomer that I think you're referring to is Jimmy and Duncan, who says, how is there such big hype for a three-star quarterback? Probably won't even make the cut for the elite QB camp, right? Thank you. Well, at least it's a respectful Doomer text. It is. Concluded with a thank you. Respectful Doomer. Yes. (laughs) Semi-Doomer. Jimmy and Duncan, respectful Doomer. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's a semi-Doomer. Not like, you know. A pseudo-doomer. Not go into the underground bunker, you know, where there's a bunch of food and stuff in there. You know, but just maybe a little, maybe it's a pessimist, pessimistic sooner. Yeah, and look, I, I've i said it many a time. I don't understand why the 24-7 Sports Rankings Council has Michael Hawkins as a three-star. They're the only service that does. Everybody else is very, very high on the kid. I am very, very high on the kid. And I don't know what it's going to take to change the narrative. I think he'll probably have to perform pretty well at the Elite 11. And he'll probably have to turn in a pretty dang good senior season in order to move back up. Because uh, generally, it's tough once you start slipping in the rankings, as he has, from a 4-star 90 to a 3-star 88. It's tough to make that ground back up unless you provide 
indisputable proof than, that you're better than people thought. How much of that is on his performance against Denton Geyer last year? None of it. None I don't of it? think. No, I don't think. I don't think that single game is the reason. Maybe that. that's more with the fans than the recruiting services. You know, yeah. I think that's where you get some of the fans that are like maybe not super high on Michael Hawkins. It's mainly due to that game. So I probably didn't phrase that question. It probably is more on the negative OU fans feel about him. And there's not a ton of it, but the I think what we have seen it was because Denton Geyer steamrolled him last year. And this is not an Allen team like it used to be. This is not Kyler Murray's Allen teams out there anymore, right? It's a far cry from, yeah. the, from the Allen of the Kyler Murray days. Yeah. That's for darn sure. Brent from Jenks asks, will Hawkins be the tallest quarterback since Blake Bell? Uh, no, far from it. Michael Hawkins is a whisker short of six foot three. So he's got some size. He's got a little more size than Jackson Arnold. He's certainly got more size than guys like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. But in terms of the landscape of quarterbacks in general, he is of pretty average stature. And again, what sets him apart is the athleticism, the speed in the open field, the ability to make stuff happen with his legs. At this point in time, that's probably Michael Hawkins' biggest asset. And he's a great thrower of the football and continues to get better. But the athleticism is what's got people so excited. The tallest quarterback at Oklahoma since Blake Bell is a guy that's currently on the roster in Davis Bevel. And as we've seen, height is not necessarily proportional to level of talent at the quarterback position. True that, yes. Uh, Brent from Jenks clarifies instead, says, starting quarterback, Bevel doesn't count. Well, let's see. Hawkins is taller than Caleb, taller than Rattler, not taller than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is bigger than Hawkins is. All right, 405-651-3439 from the 580. Will the Oklahoma versus LSU softball game be televised tomorrow? Yes, my understanding that's going to be on ESPN2 tomorrow, uh, 6 o'clock. It's a Tuesday night matchup in Baton Rouge. Sooners, of course, have now won 28 in a row. They're 36-1, still number one in the country, obviously. But, yes, it's supposed to be on ESPN2, 6 o'clock. I, I think this text is tongue-in-cheek from a listener in the 918. I'm not a, I, can't, I can never be 100% sure when there's not a clear indicator of sarcasm. It's not as easy to detect sarcasm with a text as it is a face-to-face conversation. But a listener in the 918 says, Hey, let's do away with men's basketball and baseball and use all that wasted money on football NIL. At looking back at this texter's history, I actually don't think this text is tongue-in-cheek. Bad history? Negative history? Uh, a history that would certainly suggest he actually thinks it's a good idea to do away with basketball and baseball and pump all that money into NIL for football. I bet there are probably about 5% of Oklahoma fans, uh, the hardcore ones, are the ones that are, you know, really uh, – hardcore means half-what crazy, somewhat crazy. Uh, that it's football and football only that might agree with that. But, anyway. True Sooner says, do these people have internet? ESPN2. What do you have, dial-up? AOL, yeah, she probably gets some AOL CDs hanging around somewhere, right? Brazilian Sooner. Thanks for keeping us updated on recruiting. Don't know why people get caught up with Hawkins being a three-star at this point. Hasn't even played a game his senior year yet. Alabama obviously liked him. And they did. Alabama offered this kid before Oklahoma did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see how it plays out, but certainly the athleticism is really good. And you've said that he's improved his throwing. He continues to improve his throwing. Uh, I think one of the last times you saw him, he won the Accuracy Award, right? Yeah, he did. Won the Accuracy Challenge at the Under Armour camp down there in Dallas last month. I so. mean, that's that's athleticism and accuracy are two good qualities for a quarterback, right? Yes, they are. So we'll see. Some, somebody wants to know why he transferred high schools. Uh, he transferred high schools for a variety of reasons. That was something that had been in the works for a long time. Uh, but I... There seems to be a sort of fascination among a segment of the fan base. Like, why Why did Hawkins transfer high schools? Um, I guess my my response to that would be, does it matter? Does it really matter why the kid transferred high schools? I can tell you this much. Uh, contrary to what birds aren't real guy will tell you on the text line, Hawkins was not losing his job at Allen. And he's certainly not a kid that's got character or grade issues. There was no reason for him to, for Allen to force him out, as it were. So, yes, he transferred high schools. Yes, he's going to be playing for Frisco Emerson this fall. In the end, I, I'm just not really sure that matters. Lloyd from El Reno says, any transfer portal rumors for OU basketball? And my goodness. The kid from Siena, right? Well, yeah, the kid from Siena, and that's about it. <laughs> Who's the point guard? I've got his name written down. It's in my phone here. The Siena kid? Yes. Javian McCollum? That's it. Yes. And there are a lot of schools who like this kid, though. Man, Portal, you need to be good to Oklahoma basketball because, uh, well, many play. Would you call it an exodus? Yes, I would call it an exodus. I would, too. A full-fledged exodus. By the way, Les says the Eagles website lists Hurts at six foot one. Is he really that small? Um, Dang. I did not realize that. I, I think the fact that he was fairly thick, you know, because what was he doing before every press conference when he talked to you guys? <laughs> he in was the a, weight room, he was right? pumping iron. <laughs> That's right. Finish a game. Let's go do a workout session. But, um, yeah, that I, I think that's probably about right would be my guess. I mean, the Eagles, I don't know. Would they lie? What was Davis Bevel's star ranking out of high school? He was a three-star. He was a three-star. Hmm. Look more like a minus three star. Whoa! In Dallas. I'm just saying, come on. Hello. <laughs> Davis Bevel slander is alive and well on this Monday. Sheesh. All right, we got to take a break right here. 405-651-3439. Yes, I know that. I know that, Gunny, that you want every single Sooner team to win a national championship you know what and you say i might be crazy you're not crazy you're good crazy all right you're you're crazy good not crazy bad gunny so thank you 405-651-3439 break time how about what happened at Augusta over the weekend how about lefty with a 65 yesterday man that was impressive all right, we'll get into that. We've got Jesse Crittenden coming up, 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, talking what else, Sooner Sports. Good to have you with us. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. We're just getting warmed up. Steel Man and Thune coming right back. Well, another uh, interesting Masters has come and gone. Now we have to wait another year. John Rahm winning the green jacket, the Spaniard, on Sebi's birthday. Pretty cool. Second major for Rahm. Won his first at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. Many more could be uh, coming Rahm's way. Uh, again, Brooks Kepka 
now, you know, we, we thought of Kepka as a really good front runner, and, and he's had a history of that. But remember Lefty in the final group at uh, the PGA at Kiowa Island, Island, and now John Rahm getting it done yesterday. Brooks Kepka just didn't have it yesterday. But for Spaniard to win the green jacket, Sebi, who won twice, Jose Maria Olathabal, who won twice, Sergio, who we never thought would win at Augusta, but did, and now John Rahm, and he won from the wrong side of the draw as well. Very impressive. Good week for Lib Golf, even though Kepka didn't uh, deliver on Sunday, two in the top three, three in the top six with Phil Brooks and Patrick freaking Reed. Of course, uh, Tiger withdrew uh, before Sunday morning. He was at plus nine, made the cut that Saturday. Shot of him limping around in the rain was ugly. Plantar fasciitis flare-up for Tiger. Uh, Who knows when he'll play again, if he'll play again. I suspect that he will. The U.S. Open is in the third week uh, in May at Oak Hill Country Club in New York. Uh, We'll see if Tiger could be ready. We'll have to wait and see. Victor Hovland played well. Oklahoma State Cowboys, some of the disappointments. Rory missed the cut. Saturday coverage, no leaders. What was that, Masters app? Masters app, you're awesome. But, man, that was not good. How about the trees that fell at 17? Man, it was a scary deal. Luckily, nobody got hurt. You had uh, Jim Nance taking a shot at Live Golf on the air. There it is right there on the CW, the crosswalk. Shot at Live Golf. But Phil, at 52 years old, the oldest top five finish in Masters history, carding a 65 yesterday and finishing in a tie for second. Uh, Phil was asked at the press conference yesterday, was this Masters a victory for Liv Golf? Look, I wouldn't look at it like that. I, I, I uh, am very appreciative that we're here, that we were able to play in the majors, and I thought it was exciting that this tournament rose above it all to have the best players in the world here and, and, and lost all the pettiness. I thought that was great. I'm happy with where I'm at. I wanted something different for a lot of reasons, and I'm getting a lot out of it because as a, having a team environment when I was in high school and college golf, it elevated my game, having play, players to play with, compete with. It brought a great energy and excitement, and that's what uh, this is doing for me at Live. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it's been awesome for me, and I love it. And um, this shouldn't be. This tournament isn't about where, what tour you play from. There's players from all over, uh, many, all over the world, many different tours, and you're bringing the best players against to play against each other here in the majors, and that's what it's all about, and that's what um, the game of golf should be. I mean, there's always going to be and should always be a place for historical events like this, but it's okay to have a little bit of uh, different and variety in in the in the game of golf. There you go. So congrats to John Rahm. Uh, the question about Tiger, we'll just have to wait and see. That did not look good at all. And, you know, Tiger is only, what, 47, I believe, is Tiger's age? Oh, man, shouldn't have trained with the Navy SEALs either back in the day. That was not, not a good decision on Tiger's part. Hank Haney was his coach at the time. Dude, you're the best golfer in the world. Why are you going to work out with the Navy SEALs? Ridiculous. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get back to the text line. Come on, Steelman. Lefty is Steve Carlton. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but Lefty is also Phil Mickelson. The last time we heard from Steve Carlton, who is still with us, I believe, wasn't he like preparing an underground bunker, Steve Carlton? There was some controversy there. I think it was a Sports Illustrated story where he was like, he had uh, he was building an underground bunker. I guess he was ordering from my Patriot Supply. Oh, that's a real thing, isn't it? It is. My Patriot Supply. That's, gosh, I haven't heard. Did they run commercials back in the days? 
They, they've like, run some in this market, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Gosh, that's a blast from the past right there. They still run them? I, guess I, I heard some, like, within the last six months or so. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, from the 405, I think I have been banned to the Shadow Realm. No, Texter, you have not been banned to the Shadow Realm. We don't block any number. Plank might. Apparently, Plank blocks. We've come people. close. We've come close. Yes, Plank, uh, your Plank number go to Kimbe Matumbo some days, right? Yes, your number is not blocked. We just we get a lot of texts. We can't read them all. Um, Bruce says, "How come ESPN or other media outlets never reported the Hawkins commitment? Do they only report five star commitments? No, they reported it. In fact, Pete Thamel put out a tweet about Michael Hawkins' commitment to Oklahoma. So it was it was all over. This was a big deal." I mean, are we talking, should they have led with it on SportsCenter? I mean, I mean, Probably I, not. Yeah, I mean, but yes, Pete Thamel did put out a tweet. It was pretty, uh, you know, it was it was out there. I saw quite a bit of it, so yes. Did OU make up a lot of ground for Sammy Brown over the weekend, asks Tyler from Kellyville. Did, I did, always feel for you on this because how is there any real way to know that? I mean, unless you've got a source that said, hey, we knew that he loved the visit, right? But unless you've got like a relative you can call of Sammy Brown's, go ahead and try and answer it, though. I mean, is it? Well, t- I mean, I mean, it's tough, right? I, 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 I honestly think the toughest part is having to answer the same question multiple times a day. Yeah, which inevitably you get with guys like Sammy Brown and David Stone, and because we're seeing it right now. Like there are things that we've talked about. Uh, for instance, this text from Cam, isn't there a high-rated tight end that wants to play where Hawkins goes? We were yeah. talking about Devon Mitchell earlier in the show. Yeah. So yeah. people will tune in throughout the day and ask a lot of the same questions that have already been answered, but they didn't hear it the first time around, so you have to revisit it. Yeah. Right? So with Sammy Brown, yes, OU did make up some ground. They've got a lot more ground to make up when official visit season rolls around. So if we're looking at this, and uh, I don't know, what's a, an analogy to use? So we're coming down the stretch of the Kentucky Derby. How many links is Oklahoma behind Clemson? And can they make a last I, a run the, the at horse, Clemson? The horse racing analogy, I, I, I'm a little out of my depth there, Steely. What's what's a sizable lead in horse racing when it comes to links? I, I don't know. Down the stretch, five links? Who knows? Okay, let's call it three lengths. Let's call it three or four lengths. OU trails Clemson. So, when we don't have any word on uh, when that decision is coming from Sammy Brown yet. No, it'll be after official visits, though. That much I know. It'll be after official visits. So, you're probably looking at, well, (laughs) I feel like I mentioned this month a lot. I feel like you're probably (laughs) looking at July. OU architect. I think Ted is the founder of Patriot Supply. Ted Lehman? That's the only Ted I know. Yeah. I I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out if there's a joke there that's just over my head. I don't know. Teddy's very patriotic, I bet, right? You'd hope so. But I don't know. Well, Teddy wouldn't dig a bunker, would he? Teddy, if you would dig a bunker, uh, text me and just say yes. If you would <laughs> if you would dig a bunker out there, buy your home, let me know. Uh, Dean Shocktaw says, who's next to commit Parker? Again, that's uh, another question that we talked about earlier in the show. But we'll loop back around hey, to it. Hey, you guys, be on time. Be responsible. Hey, people got lives. So I, I get you. I, I think the next commit comes at the spring game. 
I don't know who it's going to be. I thought you said Casey Poe. Casey Poe is my – that is my guess. Okay. And it is nothing more than a guess because it's not as if anybody has concrete plans to commit at the spring game. But that is my guess is that it will be Casey Poe at the spring game. And I don't want everybody revisiting this moment in time and history the Monday after the spring game and saying, why didn't Casey Poe commit? Parker said Casey Poe was going to commit. This is a guess. Mm-hmm. This is not intel. I'm not telling you to expect this. What I am saying is I do get the feeling that somebody is going to commit at the spring game, and my best guess would be somebody like Casey Poe. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Who played worse, Tiger or Rory? I would go with uh, Rory because Rory was one of the uh, pre-tournament favorites. I said before uh, the event, all I was looking for was Tiger making the cut. That's it. Tiger is like the uh, the Tin Man and the Wizard of Oz now, man. You know, he's just – he's not going to win again, you know. I And I always thought he had another major in him. Uh, back in the day when others didn't. But I think he's probably going to wind up again with 15 majors and 82 victories tied with uh, Sam Snead. So, uh, you know, it's he's just uh, – there have been too many things that have happened to him physically. I just don't see him winning again. But, yes, if you ask me which one would be Rory, because Rory was one of the pre-tournament favorites – Tiger, it was a question whether he could uh, walk the course pretty much for four rounds. And I think we got the answer to that. All right, 405-651-3439. we got a lot more ahead. Uh, Jesse Crittenden joining us at 135. Keep those texts rolling in. 405-651-3439. Some more recruiting information to get to when we get back. Uh, right here on the ref, want to thank again Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. For sponsoring our first hour, 405-579-3113. Man, we didn't have Sublime around long enough. Like one real commercial album and that was it. We needed more Sublime. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Monday edition, Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games, best games, best bars and dining, best service, big-time hotel, all your favorite table games, also a great poker room, great promotions like the new member seven, sign up for a Riverwind wild card, won't cost you anything, you can earn up to $450 in one day. Keep this date in mind, April 22nd, the next big random hot seat drawings uh, afternoon, Saturday afternoon on into the evening where you can win your share of $30,000 in the 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion. April 22nd from 2 to 9.30 p.m. Uh, winners who uh, hear their name called during the preliminary drawings are going to win $400 in cash. And then at 10 o'clock, two grand prize winners are going to be selected to receive $1,200 in cash plus any of the unclaimed preliminary cash that uh, other patrons didn't collect on. So that is happening Saturday, April 22nd, 2 to 9.30 for the preliminary drawings. And then at 10 o'clock, a couple grand prize winners will be selected to receive at least $1,200 in cash. We've got the Showplace Theater coming back with concerts in June. Earth, uh, pardon me, Earth, Wind, and Fire to start us out. Beats and Bites coming back in May, May 27th, 38 special in Blue Oyster Cult will be the first show out there for Beats and Bites 2023. Get your tickets. 
tickets uh, at the Riverwind box office right over there by the Showplace Theater. Or you can get those tickets online at riverwind.com. Keep in mind, for the uh, Beats and Bites shows, they're only 5 bucks. Heck of a deal. So uh, excited about what's happening with the renovation and what's to come uh, at Riverwind Casino as always. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get back there. Parker guaranteeing a Casey Poe commitment at the spring game is a bold move, says a listener in the 405. Somebody, I guarantee you we were just talking about it. Somebody's tuning in for the first time right now and is taking that text seriously. Probably, yeah. Probably. Uh, from the 918. Steely, would you be opposed to a Tiger Woods rule exception that would allow him to use a cart if he was able to have a cart he could win? Um, yeah, I wouldn't have a huge problem with it. I think Tiger would have a bad issue with it because you know how Tiger is, you know, when they told him he had a broken leg, he said, I'm still playing the U.S. Open. He went out and beat Rocco and had to go 18 extra holes on a Monday to get it done. Right. So, you know, maybe on the champions tour. Who is the big offensive lineman that took a pick with BV and Biedenbow and Bill's cheesing super hard? I know y'all know what I'm talking about, says the listener that I went. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, too. I can't remember who that was. That was a couple weeks ago, maybe? Was it Marcus Easley? Was it Bennett Warren? Gosh, for the life of me, I can't remember. But, no, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, 918. From the 580, how are we feeling with Peyton Pierce at the moment? Well, Ohio State-Oklahoma battle. That's what it is right now. And the Buckeyes are surging, surging in a big way. I think Oklahoma's going to have a chance to stem the tide whenever the next time they get Peyton Pierce back on campus is. Tell me about uh, Jaden Jackson. Oh, you made his top 10. IMG Academy, right? Three-star defensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, it's a top 12, so I I don't really put a whole lot of stock into that. And I know that right now Oklahoma's top two targets at linebacker are Peyton Pierce and Sammy Brown. And then beyond that, the board probably consists of guys like Ty Anthony Smith and Jackson and, oh gosh, who else is there at this point? I know I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, the Cali kids, Jordan Lockhart and Kamori House. So those are kind of the names to know right now at the linebacker position. But I I don't pull a lot, put a whole lot of stock into anybody's top 12. You know, I'd, it, it, immediately, whenever something like that gets released – I'll have people in my DMs asking, so oh, you made this guy's top 12. How real of a player are they? And it's just, like, those answers can vary wildly. Do you know if and he played with Pachati at IMG? He played with Pachati at IMG. He played with David Stone at IMG. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I saw that uh, David Stone, you know, quote tweeted him, let's play together at the next level, bro. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. Any scuttlebutt on David Stone? Uh, nothing worth repeating. Nothing new. Are you telling I, Sooner fans, though, to get ready? You're on the roller coaster right now. You're going to have to keep riding it for a while. Pretty I mean, much. yes. Yes, that's reality. This is why I am a staunch proponent of putting a strict moratorium on all David Stone talk until at least June. Because there's just not a lot that's going to tangibly happen. We're going to talk about it every single day because we're going to have to talk about it every single day because people are going to ask every single day. But Who would be the first of those guys to commit to Oklahoma if they make that decision for OU? Would it be Nigel Smith? Would it be Winery? Would it be Sims? You, it doesn't sound like it would probably, be Stone. Probably Zadavian Sims or Will Winery. 
those would be the two I would look at. Uh, somebody in the 918 asked, will Devon Mitchell commit first or reclassify first? Count on him reclassifying first. That process is expected to be done within the next four to six weeks. What happened with Muleshoe out there that's right there in his backyard? <sighs> There's some battles that Muleshoe just can't win. And Muleshoe lost a battle Friday. Flowers did uh, commit to Oregon. Here's, here's what's happening right now. Yes, Aaron Flowers did commit to Oregon. Here's what's happening right now. Michael Hawkins is arm wrestling Muleshoe. And Mule Shoe's knuckles are a half inch from the table. Ah, we've got over the top two. Who is the guy that drank the motor oil? Was that Bull Hurley and over the top? You never saw over the top. I definitely never saw this. Completely over my head. It's so bad that it's worth watching. Over the top Stallone arm wrestling movie. I think the guy was Bull Hurley that drank motor oil before an arm wrestling match. If I'm not mistaken. Somebody confirm that on the text line, please. See, that's the thing. When I hear it's so bad, it's worth watching, I, I find that hard to believe because that's, for instance, that's what people told me about Hot Rod, right? Hot Rod's so bad, it's worth watching. And so I watched Hot Rod. I'm like, well, that's an hour and a half of my life. I'll never get back. There so there some, has to be. It's got to be so bad. Like, what were they thinking? What kind of shot is that or whatever? And uh, like Plan 9 from Outer Space, Ed Wood movie. It's. So you're like, I can't believe this guy actually directed a film. It's so bad. And it's got like Bella Lugosi in his old age in that movie. But uh, I just remember watching Over the Top thinking this is so ridiculously bad. But I, you got so many laughs out of it that it was worth it. Somebody confirm Bull Hurley drank motor oil. You know who else drinks motor oil? My uncle. Loves it. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. All right. We got a break right here. Thank you, Lasher. Home Comfort Systems. Appreciate you guys very much. 405-579-3113. Jesse Crittenden coming up next hour. Let's jump right into hour number two here on The Ref. As always, a tip of the cap to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great deals on cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, and that great guarantee. Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thank you very much. 405-651-3439. Coming back to the text line here in a second. We do have Jesse Crittenton. Joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline, formerly sports editor at the Transcript, left uh, through the portal to go to 247-NOU Insider. All right, uh, Parker, where were you and what were you thinking during all the uh, Friday night craziness? The Friday night craziness, oh, of the, the, the swatting situation? Yeah, yeah. Where was I on that Friday night? I was, oh, I was down in Dallas. That's where I was. I was getting ready to get up and, uh, well, no, what I was doing is I was in the midst of writing Michael Hawkins' commitment story. I was up till probably 3 a.m. Wasn't that crazy? That oh, my gosh. What a sick feeling I had there for a while. And then once you, uh, you know, we went along in the coverage and everything, and there was no description of a shooter. There was, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, reports that didn't have a lot of substance at all, if any reports. There wasn't a whole lot. But I will say this, the response by all the people that, you know, that protect and serve uh, 
all the people who were in emergency services was tremendous. I mean, they were there and they had that place covered, man. They had it covered. But, uh, you know, it just, it really saddens me. Look, the world is never going to be a perfect place. And we've had issues in the past with people who have, whether it's mental issues or whatever. It's gone on from the beginning of time, but it seems to be getting worse. And for that, and as Joe Harris said in the, uh, his statement that, you know, the swatting call, it looks like it originated somewhere outside the United States. And just how evil do you have to be, right? How evil do you have to be? Because immediately when you see this, you know what we're all thinking. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have students shot at OU. This is going to be horrible. But uh, tip of the cap to everybody who responded in uh, the guys in blue, emergency services, OUPD. I mean, I thought they did a tremendous job. But that was really, really a scary situation. And I guess this has been going on, you know, at some other college campuses, Clemson and others. It's just it's sad. It's really sad. Sometimes I think. You know, and I, I'm, maybe this is an old issue, but I don't think it is. But you look at what's going on around the world, and you're like, man, this place. George Carlin once said, we are circling the drain right now. And I tend to believe him. It's really sad. But that was such a scary situation. Uh, thank the men upstairs that we didn't have any injuries. Nobody was hurt. Uh, but a hoax like that, just sickening. Absolutely sickening. All right, 405-651-3439. Steely was close, but it was John Grizzly who drank motor oil and over the top. John Grizzly. That sounds like a guy who would enjoy a nice six-pack of motor oil. You like Penn's oil light or you like the draft? <laughs> was, oh, was, Stallone, so... was Stallone Bull Hurley? I'm trying to remember. So it was John Grizzly who drank the motor oil. Thank you, 918, for doing the research. Now, of course, everybody's coming out of the woodwork with their bad movie takes. They're intentionally bad movie takes. Somebody said, no hot rod slander. Somebody brought up Sharknado. I've never seen Sharknado. I saw about half of the first one. and Wait, know, there are multiple? I think there are like, weren't there like three of them total? Oh, boy. I think Mark Cuban was in one. Didn't a shark get Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban, who uh, decided, you know what, we're done. We're going to protect that pick. Uh, Thunder, there you go. It's all yours. Some- Lincoln Hawk, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Somebody from the 405 says, how do you get away with swatting someone with caller ID? It's not like the old days when you could prank call all night. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. Yeah, it's but- too too technologically mm-hmm. advanced for my taste, but it's not all that shocking to find out that those calls came from outside U.S. soil because if those were – Domestic calls. Needless oh. to say, they'd have tracked that person down oh, by now. Yes. I wish we could track the people responsible for that somehow. And I know it's outside U.S. jurisdiction, but that is just so sickening. Way too much, way too much, you know, pe- way too many people out there who are just not right. Steely, wouldn't you put Roadhouse in uh, that's so bad it's good category? Yes, I think that's a pretty good, I think it's pretty good. Never seen Roadhouse either. I mean, Dalton and Sam Elliott open up a big old can of whoop-ass on people. Although Dalton said, you don't have to do it unless you're finally threatened. But, yeah, it was one of those that's uh, 
I don't know. You you have to get a little bit of a grin on your face. Like I can't believe I'm watching this, but I can't stop watching this. It's kind of like me. Like uh, what is the uh, what is the movie uh, that has Frank Wu versus Chun Li? What is the name of that movie? I'm drawing a blank. Um, it was martial arts movie. I know you don't know it, but somebody I have on the text zero line, idea. What is the name of that movie? And again, I think that one's pretty bad too. But I can't. I always watch it if I see it. Frisco Sooner says, didn't Wahoo McDaniel drink motor oil when he was at OU? <laughs> if there's anybody who drank motor oil at OU, it would either be Wahoo McDaniel or Joe Don Looney. I think. One of those two. Who else is capable of drinking motor oil that was on an OU roster back in the day? Let's see. Who was just berserk? Joe Don Looney, definitely. Blood Top sport. Thank you, Gunny. All right, 405-651. There are at least five Sharknados. Wow. Five of them. That's crazy. Yeah, Bloodsport. I you know, old man memory issues. But yeah, I always watch that one when I get a chance. If I'm fl- cruising by the channels, unless it's like at the first of the movie, and then I won't do it. But 405-651-3439. I like a Guinness Stout. Does that count? You know what? Guinness is an acquired stay. When I was still drinking, I don't anymore because my body doesn't handle it very well. So I just don't. Um, but once I get a taste for Guinness, I really like Guinness. I know some people can't get past. Uh, and this happened when I was watching uh, soccer with my buddies over at Skinny Slims when we would watch Arsenal matches for a while. And, uh, you know, Guinness was a popular choice over there, and I developed a taste for it, and I really liked it. It's low-carb, too. So, anyway. All right. uh, So, Parker, what are we thinking about, again, the big news of the weekend, that Michael Hawkins becomes the second commit in this class? Uh, Jeremiah Newcomb, the cornerback from Arizona, was the first. Michael Hawkins becomes the second. And uh, how do you see him? Because you talked to, you know, you had a – relationship obviously with Caleb Williams before he got to OU Um, you know and with Jackson Arnold how do you see him comparing personality wise and leadership wise in terms of being a guy that can bring people with him to OU yeah well I'll say this he's different right he's not the same personality and not the same leader that Caleb was he's not the same personality and not the same leader as Jackson Arnold was and that's not to say he's a worse personality or worse leader he's just different he's very quietly intense he's all business and he's not a terribly vociferous guy on or off the gridiron and I think that's where a lot of the respect comes from his peers is that he's exactly the opposite of seemingly everybody else that is 16, 17-year-old years old and going through the recruiting process and all about them and their brand, right? Mike doesn't care about any of that. <laughs> He's just playing football. And I've seen a lot of that guy on the football field, both in shoulder pads and on the seven-on-seven circuit. And he's just – he's one of those guys – and he, this, is, this is the way his parents raised him. He's one of those guys that just seemingly sticks to that mantra of you don't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So uh, he maintains a very uh, narrow focus, is generally not a rah-rah type of competitor, but as intense as they come, 
he throws a touchdown pass, he'll have a smile on his face. He'll be excited for his teammates and uber, uber competitive. I remember being down there for uh, – who were they playing? It was an Allen game this past year, and I can't remember offhand who they were playing that night. But Allen was just wiping the floor with this team. Might have been Kevin Sperry's team. Actually, might have been the really? Allen-Rock Hill game. Yes, because Rock Hill was not a very good team. But – Allen's just wiping the floor with Rock Hill. And eventually the Allen coaching staff pulls Mike from the game. And Rock Hill punts, and they got to send the offense back out, and Mike tries to run out with him. And they got to pull him off the field. And he's coming off shaking his head. and uh, Just a guy that loves football, loves the grind, loves the process. And, again, if you read the story that I did on Mike over at OUinsider.com, on Saturday afternoon when he committed. Uh, it really illustrates what type of competitor and what type of personality Oklahoma is getting in Hawkins. And in a lot of ways, I think he's the perfect guy to come between Jackson Arnold and Kevin Sperry and kind of be the middleman in Oklahoma's quarterback plans over the next few years. All right, 405-651-3439. Did Steely just say that Giddis is low-carb? I, I – thought it was like in relation to other you know real beverages not like a light beer or something maybe I'm mistaken I'm easily mistaken sometimes but I thought it was compared to uh, you know some of the other stuff out there you know besides like I said light beer maybe I'm wrong uh, 405-651-3439 what do you got Parker Sooner Gundy says Kyler Murray a good comp no no, I have never seen another Kyler Murray. It probably will be years before we ever see another football player quite like Kyler Murray. But Much taller, obviously, than Kyler. Yes, yes. Kyler's 5'10 on a good day. Michael what Hawkins is 6'2". What is Hawkins 40? I mean, I I don't know, Steely, and I'm, I'm, I'm never comfortable answering that question authoritatively for any high school kid just because – there's every, a lot of BS every high out school there. kid runs a four four, oh, yeah. right? Four four five, and then you know you get him real. Uh, that was a four six five, you know, something like that. So I don't, I, I don't know what his forty time. But he he's runs fast, away though. from a lot of people. He's fast. He can run away from you. And I think the comparison that I have made most frequently is Braxton Miller. I think you look at who he is right now versus who he can become, and I would say the floor for Michael Hawkins is probably something like a Braxton Miller, who was never much of a – Didn't they move Braxton Miller to wide receiver? He ended up moving to was wide receiver. Was that because receiver. of Dwayne Haskins? I'm trying to remember no, who be, moved No, it was him. because of JT Barrett. JT Barrett, that's yeah. right. That's so, right. and Miller was prolific as a quarterback. He put up numbers, but – he was never considered an elite thrower of the football. He he was one of the most outstanding athletes on any field he stepped on, though. So I would say the floor for Michael Hawkins is being somebody like Braxton Miller in college. The ceiling, I could see him being a Deshaun Watson-esque type player if he's developed properly. Yes, yeah, so let's just hope he has better manners than uh, Deshaun Watson and is not, you know. So, but it, uh, the family, the Hawkins family, as you've described, it's, uh, you can see the culture fit, obviously, at OU. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's take a break right here. We'll get right back to the uh, text line. 
806, do the research. Maybe I was wrong in the Guinness. Like I said, I'm not saying that, you know, it's it's really good. You should have Guinness if you're on a low-carb diet. I'm just thinking in relative terms. But, again, I could be wrong. Stay with us. Coming right back here on The Ref. All right, we are back. Sooners get their second commitment in the uh, 2024 class. Quarterback Michael Hawkins, as expected on Saturday, joining uh, cornerback Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Newcomb from uh, the state of Arizona in the class. Uh, anybody else that we need to be thinking about in terms of uh, the Sooners that are, you know, is there another – what is like the biggest – Next two or three visits for OU for a prospect who hasn't been to Norman yet that you think the Sooners can uh, really make an impression on when they get to Norman, say, for the spring game. Who hasn't been to Norman yet. Yes, or maybe somebody who's been once and it's kind of like, you know, they're still way out there in the recruiting process. Uh, in other words, what would be some really important visits, you think, for OU for the spring? That's a good question. Well, I'll start with the guy I mentioned earlier in Casey Poe because uh, okay. he's been he's been to Oklahoma several times, but he's been just about everywhere since last he was at Oklahoma. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, in talking to people that know that recruitment as well as talking to Casey himself, it seems that Oklahoma has maintained the lead here. So, again, kid takes that many visits to places like Georgia and Clemson and Auburn and Texas Tech, and Texas A&M, and after all of it, you still kind of feel like Oklahoma's in the best spot. Uh, I think that's a kid that you can very reasonably close on pretty expediently here. I, I'm i curious to see what happens with Caden Durham, because I know LSU is in that one. Running back, Duncanville. Yeah, and LSU's pushing hard. And Caden Durham's heart's in Norman. I firmly believe that, and I firmly believe that's what's always been the case. But... LSU's making this thing a, a two-horse race. I'll just I'll, I'll put it that way. I still feel confident Oklahoma wins in the end, but I think getting him back on campus and kind of reestablishing that OU feels like home to that kid uh, is going to be big. Uh, obviously, whenever Devon Mitchell gets to campus next, which may be for his official visit, that's going to be huge. His dad, Marco, was up on campus for a practice last week. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, and so – the family is building familiarity with Norman and the OU football program as a whole as the Hawkins family continues to push them to jump on board with Oklahoma. So that's an encouraging sign. Devon Mitchell, man, like if you rewind eight months, I had virtually no confidence that Oklahoma was going to end up with that kid. Los Alamitos, California, and there was a quarterback that's uh, from there, right? That's well, pretty well known. Devon Mitchell played at Allen until – and they transferred he just, out there. He just transferred to Los Alamitos in January. So he's he's not a California local. He grew up in Alabama. He grew up like an hour from Tuscaloosa Been all over as an place. Alabama fan. How about that? Spent the first 14 years of his life in the state of Alabama. And so especially given that Alabama actually offered the kid earlier than Oklahoma, my initial thought, especially in talking to him, was, gosh, it's going to be really hard for Alabama not to end up with his pledge. Now here we sit in April – and the discourse has become, well, it's going to be really hard for Oklahoma not to end up with this kid's pledge. Yeah, and how did Oklahoma make uh, the inroads and become the favorite in this deal? Michael I mean, Hawkins. I mean, is, 
all Michael Hawkins. It's as simple as that, man. Yeah. It's as simple as that. They maybe would have gotten Devon Mitchell on campus once or twice throughout the fall in the absence of their offer to Michael Hawkins. But, I mean, the two were teammates at Allen. They're really close friends. Every time Michael Hawkins mm. was up in Norman, which was four times for game days alone throughout the fall, Devon Mitchell was with him for every right single one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. Thunder made the playoffs, of course, uh, but we learned over the weekend. How about what happened yesterday when they beat Memphis? They started uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Usman Zhang, Olivier Saar, Trey Mann, and Jared Butler. And Trey Mann had one of the best slam dunks of the year and had a triple-double in that win. Uh, the good news for the Thunder when they play the Pelicans Wednesday night at 8.30, no Zion. He's still out with a hamstring issue, so they won't have to deal with Zion uh, in that matchup. But still, you know, Oklahoma City was 1-3 and three against New Orleans during the regular season. They still have Brandon Ingram. They still have uh, Jonas Valanciunas. They still have C.J. McCollum and others. So, And it's at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans uh, Wednesday night at 8.30. All right, let's get back to the text line. That sounds delicious. A little Smoothie King? It does sound mm. good. Mm. How much do you think OU is involved with Isaiah Autry, Marcus Dupree's cousin? I, They're in his top five, which was just released over the weekend, but it, it's really hard right now to peg who ends up in OU's class on the offensive line because Bill Biedenboe is in on a lot of dudes and trending very nicely with a lot of dudes. And a lot of guys that I would not have expected OU to be in on even a few weeks ago. That includes Isaiah Autry, whom they just recently offered. That includes Garrett Sexton out of the state of Wisconsin, who's going to end up at either Oklahoma or at Penn State in the end, it would appear. That includes Grant Bricks, borderline top 100 kid right now out of Logan, Iowa. That includes Caden Massey out of Linden, Kansas. Weston Davis, Bennett Warren, Marcus Easley. Casey Poe, whom we've mentioned several times throughout the program. So, yeah, OU's in that race. I just, I'm, I'm holding out. I'm holding myself back from predicting that any more offensive linemen end up in OU's class, not because I think that they're not, but more because I, I don't want to get ahead of myself when there are going to be so few spots and there are so many possibilities on the board right now. I think I have crystal balls in for Poe and for Massey, and that's it. It's going to be interesting, no doubt. 405-651-3439-405. By the way, Sooner Gundy texted us back and said, you guys were talking about leadership type. I know he's not Kyler Murray. All right, Sooner Gundy. Yeah, you have to be a little more specific, you know. But I, in terms of Hawkins' leadership, you know, uh, because we, we compared Kyler to Baker for a while and to Jalen Hurts, and Kyler was more of, like I said, um, Baker was heavy metal, man. Jalen Hurts was more – Kyler was more like smooth jazz. Uh, not, But how would you say would Michael Hawkins be – Somewhat similar to that in terms of just the way he goes about it. I, I actually wouldn't compare him to Kyler. I would more accurately compare him to Jalen Hurts. Really? Yeah. I think that's a better comparison in terms of how he carries himself. So what you're saying is he won't be playing Call of Duty and missing meetings occasionally like the Arizona Cardinals have accused Kyler of doing, right? That is not my expectation. No. And he's. I, I think what was so 
appreciable about Jalen Hurts, and I think one of the key qualities that Michael Hawkins possesses as well is that he's not a guy that's going to let himself get too high or too low. What was the infamous Jalen Hurts line, right? Keep the main main thing thing, the the main main thing. thing. That's right. And that's Michael Hawkins. Jalen Hurts was basically a grad assistant coach and quarterback when he was at OU. That's what it seemed like. That's what it seemed like. You know, and look, I never thought that Jalen Hurts would be arguably one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. I certainly did not. Never. No. Look, and again, I had great respect for him. He had some turnover issues at OU. He was a uh, an above-average passer at OU. But the you know what the dude keeps doing? He keeps working all the time to get better. And uh, major props to him, like I said. Um, he has made himself, I thought, yeah, Jalen Hurts, you know, and, Maybe he can start in the right situation, but can he hold down a starting job in the, in the NFL? I had severe doubts, but he's done it and has become one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, the way that football is going now where you need a more athletic quarterback, you know, that, that helps. But, man, you got to give your props to that kid. No doubt about it. All right, 405-651-3439. Jesse Crittenden will join us coming up next. We'll talk Sooner football. Jump into some Sooner softball as well. OU going to Baton Rouge tomorrow night at 6 p.m. to face those nasty, disgusting, pathetic, subhuman LSU fans. It's going to be nasty. Tomorrow, 6 p.m., ESPN2. Be right back here on The Ref. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Man, I got a, what voice, was that? Uh, that voice, voice crack. crack? It's, these allergies are wow. just every other day. It is killing me. I don't know what it is. It's, <laughs> oh, I man. I know. Jeez. I was like, whoa, whoa, Steely. I'm telling you, it's like every second or third day, it feels like there's a little shaky voice because of I don't know what's in the air. But it's not good. All right, Jesse Crittenden with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Jesse, why don't we start with softball because the OU women keep on winning 28 in a row at LSU tomorrow night. They go to the uh, tournament, uh, the Miami of Ohio tournament in Oxford, Ohio, coming up this weekend. But, uh, you know, with, with Patty Gasso's program now, you know, it's it's kind of like Bama in football or Georgia in football where they are now kind of like, yeah, you know, the season could be okay, but if you don't want a national championship, it's really a disappointment. And that's really where we are with OU softball now, don't you think? No, no absolutely. Really what they've done, I think it's, I think it's so easy to take it uh, for granted or, or to kind of become numb to how good the program is. But for, for Patty Gasso – um, to, to do this with a with a, a collegiate program, that's always the impressive thing, right? You're having to retool and, and, and rebuild your roster so often. Um, but to do it in the era of the transfer portal, to do it in a, in a game that, you know, softball, I think, has, has more randomness kind of built into it. And it seems like they've kind of figured it out almost to a science. And you look at uh, the Texas Tech series over the weekend, a Texas Tech team that's you know that's 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 pretty good. They hit the ball really well. That's kind of what they're known. For. Three games. I mean, that really is. Uh, and I don't think anybody really batted an eye, which makes sense given how good they've been. But I mean, they they didn't give up a run to a really good offensive 
a team in Texas Tech and, you know, outscored them 16 I think that it's, it's the consistency and, you know, to, again, to lose a player like Jocelyn Allo, and she's not the only player from last year that's not on the team, but um, to lose a player like her and to not really miss a beat on either, you know, offensively or defensively, and the defense might actually be even better this year than it was last year, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. And I think that was, again, on display uh, this past weekend against Tech. Jesse, let's talk OU basketball here briefly because, well, there is virtually no portal news to be had for Porter Moser and his basketball program. How worried are you starting to get about this whole thing? Yeah, I think the fact that there really is not that much uh, buzz at all, there's not very many conversations going on about, you know, how, you know, who is OU bringing in, who is Porter Moser bringing in to replace, uh, you know, these guys that are leaving, obviously Grant Sherfield going to the draft and and Jalen Hill uh, testing uh, the NBA draft while also maintaining college eligibility nearing the transfer portal uh, are the latest absent or latest exits. But that's the thing. I mean, every. I mean, it's 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 not always great to to lead or to lose any players. But I mean, Grant Sherfield being their leading scorer last year, uh, Jalen Hill, who I think uh, really became a, a good player on both ends of the floor last year. Those absences hurt, and it's not going to be easy to replace either of them. So, um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that Porter Moser. I think by now you would have thought at least somebody. Uh, you know, we would have heard somebody by now. Uh, is transferring to the Sooners. The fact that that hasn't happened, I mean, I think you knew departures were going to happen, and I think you knew after the disappointing season they had that they were going to have to get, get into the transfer portal um, to, to get, you know, to fix some of these holes. But uh, the fact that that hasn't happened yet, I mean, obviously there's still time, but a lot of guys have entered the transfer portal, and there hasn't really been any noise about uh, anybody coming into the program. So it, it's definitely not a, a great step in the right direction after a, a pretty disappointing 15-17 and 17 campaign for them. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll get to your text again as many as we can in the next segment. In the meantime, we do have Jesse Crittenden with us. On the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, so we are now less than two weeks away from the spring game. What What is the biggest thing you're looking at or the biggest storyline over the remainder of spring for OU? Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to see. I mean, again, you know how how some of these position battles are shaking out, especially given uh, some of the injuries um, that that OU is uh, you know that is dealing with uh, really since the spring started. Obviously, Robert Spears Jennings. Uh, you know, uh, having surgery and being out uh, for an extended period of time, I think hurts because I think, you know, he was uh, a guy that a lot of people, including myself, figured would be in the mix for a starting defensive back spot. So, again, it's not injuries are overwhelming, but they do have a few injuries. Obviously, the tight end room uh, was a big one. They've got some injuries on the offensive line. Um, so I think it's going to be how much how much do some of these injuries and you know and, and a few key guys missing you know most or the rest of spring and going into summer how much does that impact uh, some of these position battles? So I think uh, you know these open practices uh, that we have left are going to be I think they're going to shed some light on that and then also just to see um, how they how they're shaping out outside of that. Obviously, there's a lot of transfer portal guys who are. Uh, who have really impressed. I think Rondo Bothroy is, is one of those guys on the defensive line that's really impressed. So, I mean, how much how much do the transfer portal guys uh, really, you know, kind of make a name for themselves at OU? And also some of these – does this create opportunities uh, for some of these younger guys, particularly on the defensive side of the ball? So I think it's, 
it's managing these injuries and seeing kind of how, how, you know, the rest of the players on the roster, uh, you know, how many of them step up or how many of them see a, a, an increased opportunity because of that. Let me ask you, Jesse, just having been out to practice as many times as we in the media have, and uh, we get to have another availability session later today uh, over at the Switzer Center, but what, what's kind of been your impression of the way that they're co- of this coaching staff is conducting their business this year as opposed to last year in year one when everybody was just trying to get up to speed? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear from year one to year two just the increase in confidence and, and comfortability. I think that's the main thing. And a lot of these coaches have talked about it uh, in, in, you know, during their media availabilities. But I think it's something you can sense when you're on the practice field, too. You can feel it. You can see it with the way you know, these position coaches are handling their individual drills. You can see uh, you know, how the coaches are conducting themselves. I do think that is going to be kind of an underrated part um, you know, of year two under Brent Venables is it's just as much of a, I mean, last year was just as much of a learning experience for a lot of these coaches as it was for the players. And then you, you know, you have guys like, you know, Miguel Chavis, who that last year was his first year as a, as a position coach. So I think you can feel just, I think everybody is a, is a little bit more on the same page this year compared to last year. And, and I think particularly with Brent Venables, who has spent a lot of his time uh, coaching the linebackers, uh, you know, in the open practices that we've seen, that's where he's spent the majority of his time. And I think you can see, I think, in, I mean, he's, he's still intense, he's still passionate, but I think you can really see him, uh, you know, uh, taking a slightly different approach, particularly with some of these young guys. I think he's really uh, put an emphasis on trying to nurture uh, some of these younger guys and, and really get them up to speed. So uh, I think overall, obviously, I mean, it's, it's still year two, it's still early, but I think it's, I think it's a pretty big difference when you, when you compare this time last year to now. Just uh, maybe the, I think there's just a little bit more of a confidence vibe uh, around the team, and I think that starts with the coaching staff. Jesse, we appreciate your time. We will do it again next Monday. Thank you. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys. 405-651-3439. Let's get those texts rolling in for our final segment coming up. 405-651-3439 is uh, the number. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, on the text line, listener in the 405 does point out, we just hired the Oregon basketball assistant. That will be Armin Gates. Right. And there's some kids he might be bringing. And that's kind of it's kind of what you have to hope for right now if you're an OU basketball fan because there's not a lot of traction right now for the Sooners in the portal. And maybe the hiring of Gates, who does have a reputation as a pretty good recruiter, is enough to kind of inject some life into those efforts. Yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. But, uh, man, it's uh... – it's a, it's a tough, tough road for Porter Moser right now. I know that. Okay, uh, thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Appreciate them uh, sponsoring our second hour. And we want to mention, of course, Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is uh, finishing up the renovations. won't be too long before the whole place is completely renovated. Right now, of course, you can go out there and play any of their 2,800 electronic games. They've got incredible table games in addition to the electronic games, big-time poker room, great promotions like the new Member 7 where you can get a Riverwind wild card, won't cost you a thing, and you can win up to four. $450 in one day. Plus, we've got shows coming back to the Showplace Theater, Earth, Wind, and Fire, June 23rd, Collective Soul, July 21st, Josh Turner, July 28th, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, also in July, July 29th, in August, Dwight Yoakam and Counting Crows in September. 
REO Speedwagon in Chicago, and, of course, Beats and Bites returning in May, the Outdoor Concert uh, Series presented by Coop Aleworks, May 27th, 38 Special, and Blue Oyster Cold. Get your tickets at the Riverwind box office or online at riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Coming back, one more segment. We'll get locked in at 2 o'clock here on The Ref. Monday, 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 trucking along here, Steelman and Thune, hour number two, brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley. Going to get locked in here in about 10 minutes with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Got a text, Steely, do you think Tiger is done after what you saw over the weekend? I, I don't think he's done, but I think he's close to the end. You know, it might be good for Tiger to uh, if he wants to play in the Champions Tour, just to uh, you know, look, if he's healthy, he's going to play at the PGA in Oak Hill uh, next month. And again, he's got uh, about six weeks to get there. The plantar fasciitis, though, you know, I don't, I don't know how serious that's going to be, but I do think the weather and the terrain at Augusta played a lot into that. At least him limping around as much as it did, and we all knew that. We talked about it early last week that this is the most demanding course that he can play in terms of walking, and it might be a problem for him, and it's definitely turned out to be. And I think the cold weather, the rain, everything, you know, you can slip around at at Augusta quite a bit. That's why they they don't allow any running at Augusta. Not that they encourage running at other, you know, prestigious golf courses, but I've seen a lot of people lose it there on those hills at Augusta when it gets slick. So I don't think he's done, but I don't think he's going to win again until he gets to the Champions Tour, and then it all depends on his health. You and, think he's going to play the Champions Tour? Because to me, like if I'm Tiger, yeah, that's, and I got as much money as Tiger has made yeah. over the course of his career, I always, to be honest, at this point, I just go take the nine hundred million dollar bag from the Live Tour. You know what I? Always thought that way about Tiger and the Champions Tour. I'm like, he's not going to go out there. That's not Tiger. And but when Jack said the other day, well, it was it was a while back actually, but in a recent podcast that he said he thinks Tiger will play on the Champions Tour. And, and Tiger made references, you know, to the the buggy that he can pe- take when he when he gets to the Champions Tour. And Jack said the reason it'll play is that he can't turn off his competitive nature. He'll want to go out there and compete if he's healthy. So, Sooner Soldier, Sooner Soldier, what's up? On the text line says, saw the on three article on top ranked coaches, and Brent Venables isn't even in the top twenty five. That's just ridiculous. Well, he is a a head coach six and seven. He's not proven as a head coach yet. I will say this: if you and I know I know this is difficult for fans in general, but if you can try to look at this objectively, if you were looking strictly at empirical data and what coaches have accomplished to this point, not just what the future looks like for their program, but what they've accomplished. No, Brent Venables is not a top 25 coach in college football. Now, you can certainly make the argument, and I would make the argument, that Oklahoma has one of the strongest foundations of any program in the country right now, and Brent Venables has them on the fast track to success. I believe the move to the SEC and the increased revenue generation that comes as a byproduct of that is only going to aid and abet those efforts as well. But right now, today, 
If you are a national member of the media tasked with compiling a list of the top 25 coaches in college football, I I think it's actually somewhat understandable. I would say quite understandable, actually, to omit Brent Venables from that list, given that the Sooners went 6-7 and seven in his first year. Yeah, and, and look, sometimes – so I totally get it because you can't – I mean, you're, you're a complete homer if you put him in the top 25 right now. Potentially, he can go a lot higher than that. He can be one of the top coaches in college football down the road. We all think that he's going to be, um, you know, much better. But the first year, you know, was not good. Now, again, you asked me three years down the road where Brent's going to be, and it's going to be somewhere in the top 10, maybe higher than that is my guess. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, all right, I'll make another bad uh, Mike Steely analogy. Tiger was winning with his early golf swing, and then he rebuilt it. And everybody thought, you're freaking Tiger Woods. Why are you, <laughs> why are you changing your golf swing? And he said, because I want one that's more built for the long term, and I think I can be better if I revamp my swing in certain areas. In a couple years, you know, he wasn't quite Tiger, didn't win, and then boom, he took off again. And for OU, it's about they've been, you know, they're in the in the playoffs. They haven't been physical enough. They haven't been good enough defensively. And those are two things you're going to have to be to be a contender and compete in the SEC. So, Brent is, uh, you know, is building it up again. I think in a totally different manner, and it's going to take some time. And I think this year, I think they'll be a lot better, particularly with that schedule. Yeah, so, you know, Sooner Soldier, that's what fans are. I mean, you see that and you think, what? But, um, I mean, you're a fan. You're allowed to think that way, right? You're angry because you see your coach. He's not in the top 25, and you see some that you think, yeah. But, again, as a head coach so far, Brent hasn't proven it yet. But I think the proving is coming. Gunny of Stutzman Army says one more segment for Steelman and the official Bucky's mascot. You love I, some Bucky's. I man. did something this weekend that I have not done in many moons. You drove Steely. past the Bucky's? I made a trip to Dallas. I round tripped to the state of Texas, to and from the state of Texas, without making a Bucky stop. I didn't do it. Hmm. I did not stop at Bucky's. Why? Well, the way down, it was Friday evening. I'd made plans to stay with my aunt and uncle who live in the Frisco area. And they were ordering tender smokehouse. They were ordering barbecue that night. Complete with banana pudding. So I'm like, you know what? Oh, dude, I had banana pudding over the weekend. Yeah, banana pudding, man. It's like crack to me. I'm always down for banana pudding. There might not be a better comfort food than banana pudding. But, you know... I'm making this drive down. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to spoil my appetite for barbecue and banana pudding. And then, of course, on the way back, I leave the Hawkins commitment ceremony a little before three local time. Mm-hmm. And I begin to realize, okay, I got nine hours of driving ahead of me. Probably just going to make as much headway as I can before I stop for the first time. So I plowed out. Frisco and didn't stop until I got to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma and needed to refill the gas tank. So I ended up getting to Nebraska at about 12, 15 a.m. on Easter morning. But yeah, I did. I did not stop at Bucky's this weekend. Interesting. Very interesting. By the way, the person who decided that vanilla wafers would really go well 
with banana pudding was a genius, <laughs> right? Somebody, yeah, that person. There was, there was somebody at some point who said, hand me the box of vanilla wafers. I'm going to try them in this banana pudding. And that person's got a free pass to heaven. That was, it, it was it was a great, great idea. I grew up on banana pudding. It sounds like you did, too. I, well, I didn't grow up on it. That's the thing. I didn't really fall in love with banana pudding until I moved to the South because that was really the first opportunity I had to fall in love with banana pudding. But, oh, man, you can never talk me out of banana pudding. It is real, and it is spectacular. No doubt. Okay, thank you to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. We always appreciate you. And thank you to the one, the only, Riverwind Casino Concerts coming to the Showplace Theater. Remember April 22nd, that Saturday, to get out to Riverwind for the 30K Nest Egg Winnings preliminary drawing at 2 o'clock to 9.30 and the grand prize drawing at 10 o'clock. Thank you. I hope everybody has a great rest of your Monday. Locked in. Coming up next.